I want to talk to you about some things today about getting closer to the Lord. Hey, Chris, how you doing, man? So good to see you. Love you with all my heart. Man, God brought us together today to get close. And there's opportunity, like I said earlier, there's opportunity that we don't have when we're alone in prayer. There's things happen alone. Now, there's things happen personally with God that won't happen in here. But there's things that are open to happening in here that cannot happen in my personal prayer closet. Because the Bible said there's an increase of presence. The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in his name, God is there. So there's an increase of God's presence simply because God comes and shows out (laughs) where people gather together to worship and praise Him. Amen? So we're going to talk about that. How many of you guys came to get closer to the Lord today? How many? Now, how many came out of dead religion or tradition? Oh, I came to church because it's the thing I do. (laughs) Not you. We came today to get closer to God. And God's going to open up doorways. And so expect supernatural things all during church services. How many, how many do you believe something supernaturally happened in you during worship this morning? Wasn't that worship good? Praise so good. Man, I tell you what, there were supernatural things going off in me happening in me. And so you've got to be aware and look for it and open up the door for these things to happen in your life. Anytime the church is meeting together... Open your feelers, man. Just become an octopus to God, you know. And because you can get uh, tentacles, you can get feelings, you can get things around God when the church together comes together. And Lord, supernatural things happen. Strength becomes so much more available because in Zion is his strength. See, this is Zion when the church comes together. So, man, just draw. Man, I've, I've, I've come in here and been so weak at times. And then I was just like, man, I was, I was just like being on an intravenous thing. I was just sucking in the strength of God. If you're weaker today, man, there's no need for you staying weak. You just begin to suck in the supernatural strength of God. Strength is available. Grace is available. Much more grace. Everybody say much more grace. Now, grace is available anytime for the believer, but much more grace is available when the church comes together. Man, there's somebody says, well, you know, I don't need church. Well, honey, I don't know about you. That's not the kind of religion I live. I need it all the time because it's supernatural. So open up your heart. But you can't receive what you don't have faith for, and you can't receive what you don't know about. So you've got to know that when the church comes together, there's a supernatural opportunity, a doorway, a channel begins to open up that doesn't happen when we're not. So praise the Lord. All right, in the book of Job, chapter 33, we're looking at this wonderful season of growing closer to the Lord by learning to hear God better. But just learn to hear God more. And Job 33, verse 14 through 16, it says, For God speaks again and again. And that's the law of repetition. I told him out there earlier this morning. That's the law of repetition. Uh, What God's saying is, I am all the time talking to you, trying to get us to listen. That's what the Lord said. He said, I speak again and again. Repetition, all time, God said. Though people don't recognize it. Wow. And then verse 15 said he speaks in dreams and visions in the night and when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. And then verse 16 begins to list other ways that God speaks to us. It said he whispers in their ears. I don't know about you, 
But I want my ear open to his whisper today. Now, it's with warnings. Uh, God, the, the Bible says, can I do this thing that I don't reveal it to you? Uh, see, we have to cooperate with God to bring about the will of God. It takes cooperation. God doesn't do it by himself, and you sure can't do it by yourself. If you're going to get the will of God, purpose of God, the blessing of God working, it's got to be you and God forming a team. And you and God have to form this team to where you're the believing part and he's the doing part. And so you've, you've got to know. So the Lord comes. And what it is, the Lord sees things changing. He sees the things he's wanting to do in your life. He sees the things that, that he wants to bring into your life. He sees the things that you're doing in your life to either help or hinder your life. And then he can also see the opposition, what the devil is doing against your life. And the Lord says, can I know this thing and not reveal it to you? God says, I've got to tell you. Amen. But you don't hear me. God says, I am there all the time trying to tell you, at least in these three aspects, I want you to know what I'm wanting to do so you can come into agreement with me and allow me to move into your life. We get it so mixed up. I mean, we get it so mixed up. I mean, I mean, for the for the Lord to do something, whose arms is belongs to the Lord here today? If your arms belong to the Lord, raise them. That's the Lord's arms. Now, now if God's going to speak something, whose mouth belong to the Lord? Man, we belong to Jesus, hook, line, and sinker. Praise God. We belong to the Lord, and our faculties are come. To be parts of Jesus. And that's why, see, the Lord is no longer on earth. Oh, I know we say, but he's no longer on earth. The, the Lord's in heaven, seated on the right hand of the Father, the Bible says. But you are his representation on earth. You're his eyes and you're his mouth and you're his arms and you're his legs. So for God to do something. Here, you have to cooperate with God. And so it, it takes that cooperation work in it. Man, it makes a unit. Somebody said, I don't want that pressure, honey. That's really not a pressure. <laughs> I was so thankful that Elaine finally learned that she wasn't the only boss in the house. Amen. I mean, that made it much easier for living. <laughs> and that's the way it is with the Lord. For, for me to recognize I'm not in charge of my own destiny. There's a God that can dream far greater than I can dream. And there's a God that can far do greater than I can do. And all he has to do is reveal it to me. And I become his cooperating part. Amen. And we begin to work with the Lord, the Bible says. We work with the Lord. So God is in this um, desperate situation. I don't mean to use those two terms together, God and desperate but for us to be able to learn to hear him. And so over and over in the word, he's, he sent it. And that's why he said, if you're his sheep, his sheep know his voice. God has put within every person here the ability to know his voice and to hear his voice. God, that is, that comes, that's not optional. One time I, I tried to buy a new vehicle and I had some new tires at my house. I tried to buy that new vehicle without tires. They said it's not an option. <laughs> Bernard, they said it was an option. <laughs> I, said, I said, look at here. You charged me for those tires. I got new tires at my house. I don't
I don't want that. <laughs> so, so some things is not an option. Some, some things, it's not an option. It's not an option. It came with you. <laughs> wow. Not only did the joy and the love and the peace come, there came the ability to hear God. You know, we're going to be surprised one day. We're going to get to heaven and say, Lord, I, I, I wasn't able to hear you. He's going to say, take off your beanie. And you're going to take off your beanie as an arrow puts up antenna, shoots up. You know, I mean, you don't know you got it, but, but it's there. It is really there. Now, there's various ways that God talks. Well, in John 8 and 47, I love what that said in this version. It says, he who is, he who is of God hears God's words. That's what I said. Man, if, if, if we're the Lord... Then, then we have this sincere obligation before the Lord to hear his words. Now, there's various ways that God speaks to us. And there's several. There's, there's about ten main ones. But God talks in a lot of ways. I mean, the Bible says that if the Lord gets desperate, he can use a donkey to talk to you. I, I remind Lane of that a lot. But, but God can use anything to speak. I mean, for example... I was in a real circumstance one time and really desperately needed a miracle of the Lord. And I walked to the window and there was this most beautiful rainbow. And how many believe God spoke to me through that rainbow? I mean, God spoke to me, gave me the warmest thing because it is a sign. It is a word of God's blessing and God's promise being fulfilled. I mean, so the Lord's not limited. Now, he's not limited to words, uh, and he's not. So God can, can speak in a lot of ways. But what it is, we must come to a place to hear him however he's speaking. However he's speaking. Where he's speaking is something I tell you, well, one of the most precious pictures I, I held of this church, and I have to think about it a lot, is, is uh, over this church is a huge rainbow. And, and that rainbow speaks to me that God will be faithful with every promise. Hallelujah to this house. And so God has so many wonderful, wonderful ways. My mother, for example, my mother came to the Lord after I came to the Lord. And uh, that we were in prayer for her. And, and mom lived a, a non-religious life. She had, been, she had lived for the Lord at a younger age. But in her middle life, she did not live for the Lord. And my mother got involved with some very heavy people. I mean, I had a stepdad that was a safe cracker. You think you had one that was good. Man, I, I mean, it was, but my, I don't even really know how many times my mother was married. I, I don't know how many stepdads I had during that, during that process of time. But my mother was down in Florida in a little bitty trailer. And one of the men that she was married to was, although he was the second most decorated man in the state of Arkansas militarily, uh, he was real, had a lot of anger in him. And he decided he was going to kill my mother. And my mother, in that little trailer, God sent a little bird. And I was praying back here. I, at that period of time, I wasn't able, I wasn't even allowed to talk to my mother. I mean, she didn't allow that communication. And so we would pray for her. And every Saturday night, Lane and I would go to the church and we would pray for my mom that she would come to know the Lord. I couldn't get through to her. But God sent that little bitty bird. 
she was in the midst of the most desperate time in her life. She heard that bird sitting outside her window. What that bird was doing was chirping. What mama heard in that chirp was, I love you. God says, I love you. I can help you. She got saved that night. Do you understand? I mean, God is not limited. So God can use, God can use anything. I mean, he can use a bird. <laughs> he can use a rainbow. I mean, God is not limited what he can do. But the thing about it is, is not so much as hearing, I guess it is, is recognizing. Because oh, that's happened in my life. Let, let me just pull a little poll here. How many times that happened in your life? You go through something and then you look back and recognize God was warning me about this all the time. I mean, you know, I, why didn't I listen? Why didn't I just hear God? You know, why didn't I recognize that was God trying to talk to me? And so there's a lot of ways that God talks to us. And the first way that God speaks to us is through Scripture. And I'm going to where I'm going today, but I've got to get there. Well, in, in the process of Scripture, uh, the, the Word of God always has to be the first place, the first way that God talks to us. Now, when Lane and I got saved, I didn't know Scripture. I, I, I didn't know any Bible. It, it, I was so excited. Every time I read a verse, it was like, wow, new word. Wow, I never heard this before. New Scripture. Not tell you what, I had, I had the Bible so, so messed up. Uh, because, man, I'd read this verse over here. I'd read this verse over here. and I'd read this verse over here. Boy, you should have heard my theology. Man, it was really mixed up. Big, bad, you know. But in the process of it, uh, I didn't know. So, so it was hard for the Lord. So let me tell you the way I, the Scripture guided me. I would say, Lord, do you want me to do thus, thus? I would take my Bible. I would drop it on the floor. Wherever that Bible opened up to, I would look direct. The first scripture I saw, that was God talking to me. <laughs> but the odd thing about it, that worked for a long time. I mean, God understands stupid people. <laughs> and God understood. I cannot tell you how many times I did that. Take my Bible, drop it on the floor. Why are you telling me, God? Whoa, that's what you're telling me. And that worked until I got some scripture inside me. <laughs> and I said, God, that cannot be you. Go and kill who? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it was, it worked for a period of time, but the Lord knew that. So God was teaching us. Everybody say, God, give the Lord a hand clap if God's been teaching you in some of those ways too. And so Lane and I was sitting at another town when, and, and we were, we had not been saved long and, and literally, the next steps in our life was going to mean our whole livelihood. Uh, the, I mean, it was the next step. That day had to be determined our livelihood. And I, I, we pulled up to a four-way stop. I think it may have been a red light. But we pulled up there and we quickly asked God. We said, God, we don't know which way to turn. We don't know whether to turn right or turn left. We don't know. But, Lord, we chose to follow you. When you let us know that you would lead us. No, Lord, we don't know what to do about this. We don't know what to do about our life. We don't even know. I, I can't, we can't figure it out. 
I have no, at that point, I had no job. I just quit my job because what I was doing was illegal. When I got saved, I quit it. And so I had no job, had no money, had no finances, and had a baby that loved to drink milk. And so, <laughs> so, so in the process of it, we pull up there. I tell you, God goes to whatever links. Coming down that road, I mean, I, I could try to exaggerate this as much as I could. It was a little bitty Volkswagen. You know what I'm talking about? A little bitty Volkswagen. On top of that Volkswagen, they had raised up at least an 8 by 10 sign that said they had, it, they had it strapped to that Volkswagen. And on that sign was the exact scripture that we needed that told us what to do. Amen. While we were sitting at that intersection, God, what to do? We get the message, Lord. And for the next several weeks, we lived in accordance with that scripture. Amen. What I'm just telling you is God will go at whatever links that God needs to go to. To do what it needs to help us to learn to follow his voice. Nowhere along the, nowhere along the line can you get tired and pull over to the side and say, Well, God, I quit. <laughs> I'm just going to start following my own noodle. Yeah, we see what that does. Yeah. And so, but no, you've got to keep in your progression because you will learn more from what you find out is not God just as much as you find out is what is God. So the Lord teaches, and it's going to be a hit and miss process in all of our lives because we're learning and God is so wonderfully teaching. Uh, we're talking about the scripture, and, and during that period of time, uh, that uh, God kind uh, of quickly give you another testimony. Let me give you a testimony. Uh, Jeremy, uh, all of you know Jeremy here, and Jeremy had had a bad accident, as you many of you remember, here a few years ago, and he was in an electrical fire and he was uh, burned, and they said first that he would not live, and and, and there in the midst of a hospital. When you're trying to believe God for your child, and they're, they're rushing him, I mean literally running down the hallway to keep him alive. And in the process, God taught us something, taught us a next level. And it's a little, it has to do with the terminology that is spoken to deeper spiritual people. At that point, I really didn't understand it, but that incident brought that into my life. And it's the principle of the word can control the day. The word can control the day. The principle behind that is God can give you a word that can literally control that day in your life. Because the word of God, this world, your world is held up and together. The Bible says in Hebrews 1, is held up and together by the word of his power. So God can give you that word. And during that time, that's what the Lord spoke to our heart. And uh, Lane and I and our children, it was, it was not a, it's not a, well, can I hear from God today? I've got to hear from God. I've got to have a word because this word will cause life to come this day. This word will control this day. This word and, and a lot of times they say it controls the mornings, what they say. Because a lot of times those controlling words from the Lord can come. To, they control the morning. They come in the morning and then you control your day. And during the process, it was usually a scripture. 
that God would, would speak into one of us as we would seek God, God would speak. And then all the rest of us would use that scripture to control that day. And the process, the, Jesus said, give us my day, our daily bread. It, it, it was seemed like it had the power and the strength to dramatically control that day. But the next day, it, it was just like the manna. You couldn't keep it in a container. <laughs> I mean, it would, I mean, you couldn't, I mean, you would, you can gather up as much as you want to, but next day it's going to take a new supply. And so, and then when it came the next day, we'd have, to, oh Lord, what's the word for today? What's the word that control? Now, usually, like I said, it was a scripture, but every once in a while, it would be just one word or two words from the Lord. I remember out of the book of Psalms, the Lord spoke to our heart one day, good. The simple, the word good. Now, the word good by itself, it doesn't seem like it has the power to control the life and the death and the situation and the circumstances. But I tell you what, we good, we gooded all that day. We took, I mean, good day, good morning, how you doing? Have a good day. Oh, it's a good sunshine out there. Every time that we had an opportunity, we used that word good to control the strength of that day. What I'm telling you is this. We don't have the option to whether we hear from God or not. If we want to make it and walk through this last day victorious, it's going to take people that hear from God. Amen. That recognize His voice. So it's just so important there. All right, then the second way that we can hear from the Lord is that we can hear from God through other people. And I just want to ask you one question. Who's speaking into your life? Who, who is speaking into your life? God speaks through people. The Bible tells us that. He speaks through people. And, and not, that doesn't say, I've had some people, I sure was glad God wasn't speaking through them. Anybody ever have anybody like that? But there's been other times I was so thankful that God spoke through them. And so what I ask you this, if you're still running around with the old crowd that you knew before you were saved, they become who you minister to, not who you run with anymore. You understand? There must be a change that takes place. If you're trying to draw strength from your old crowd, it's not going to take you long to run out of the gusto. But if you're going to go mature in the Lord, you've got to recognize the, that old crowd, I become, they become who I love and who I minister to. But you've got to begin to find that crowd that can speak into your life that you can trust that when you get to going in the wrong direction, they can walk up to you, put an arm around your shoulder, say, hey, son, you're going the wrong direction. You need to come back in that right direction. I want to ask you, who are you listening to? Who is speaking into your life? Every one of us need that. And then the third one, sir, is worship. And, and worship has this power. Let me just give, quick, give you a scripture in the worship. Acts chapter 13, verse 2, it says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. Now, how many of you have had that happen? During the midst of praise, God has spoken to you. Man, it becomes easy. I, I tell you, I've told you before, it just comes like a magnet. It just draws the presence of God. If you, if you want to hear the Lord, you listen 
during praise. Man, you take that iPhone, you put it on silent, put it down beside, you take any book you're trying to read while you're still, be still li- listening to the message, put it down to your side, you take what, it, you get disciplined in your life, now f- learn to focus on what God's trying to do at the moment in your life, and then you listen and you focus on God, and then guarantee you, the Lord will find a way of breaking through and letting you hear His voice. Amen. But the fourth one, that's where I'm talking about today, and I've only got about 12 minutes to talk about it. But the fourth way I want to talk to you is prayer. That God needs, God so desires. If your prayer life is one-sided, you have an immature prayer life, and you will have an immature life. If you're going to grow strong, and if your life is going to become the type of life that's going to be exemplary to other people, what your prayer life must become twofold. You must be able to talk to God, and God must be able to talk to you. The reason we can't do that at times is because we fail to develop intimacy with God. It takes, it takes you being close to somebody to hear them. You cannot hear a whisper from a long way off. So what that means is, you, during the process of you going close to the Lord, and sure, if you're doing all the talking and, you're, and your prayer life is full of all of what you're saying, all of what you're believing, all of what you're wanting to happen, all you want, then you've got such an immature. You've got to grow from that. That may be like me and my Bible. Poop. It'll work for a while, but it's not going to work long. Because God is not satisfied with immature believers. He wants to raise us up. That's why we are called disciples. We're the disciplined ones. We're the ones that God has disciplined to learn how to follow Him and learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. So, the Lord's not going to let us stay like that. Amen. All right, so we're talking about prayer. All right, in First Samuel chapter 3, I just want to... We've already talked about a little bit. Samuel just won't bring the up. Verse 3 said, The lamp of God had not gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle of God. If you've gone to begin to hear from the Lord in your prayer life, you've got to understand, I must prepare. I've got to help prepare. I've got to prepare myself by placing myself in His presence. You've got to do that. It won't, if your prayer life is just on the cuff, uh, that's good. Man, I pray on the cuff all the time. But let me tell you how to judge your different prayer life. If you're mature in the Lord, you have a, a, a delegated prayer life. I mean prayer time. You have a time that you pray, that you have said, and, and you understand that this time that I pray, I cannot let distractions come in the way. And your hardest task in all of your life is keeping the distractions out of your prayer time. Now, if you're Somewhat mature, you're always uh, looking for an opportunity to pray. Now, what that means is I don't have a scheduled prayer life. I'm looking for opportunity. That means, man, I'm waiting on the kids to get out of this thing for 15 minutes. I'll use it for prayer. Uh, I've, I've got through with my lunch. I'll use 15 minutes for lunch, so I'll use it for my prayer. Now, that's, now that's probably still a certain degree of maturity, but it's not as mature as you be. Because when you're mature, you're going to have a scheduled time with God. Now, I don't care. They used to tell me. I better not say that. Some of you think I'm cursing. So, you let nothing get in the way. 
You determine the great thing that I do this day is hear from the Lord, and so I cannot let it get in my way. Then if you're a little less mature, then you're, you're always going to. You're going, looking for a place. You're looking for a place. And then those that are really immature, immature they're always trying to have a prayer life. Always trying. Well, I can't, can't. We didn't pray today. Didn't pray yesterday. I'll, I'll try today. I, I didn't. I hadn't been praying the last three days. I'll, I'll try today. Now, I'll, I'll try tomorrow. I missed up today. I'll try. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's immaturity. Your life will always be immature. God will never do more in your life than your ability to hear God. And so if that is where you're walking at, then that's it. All right. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, it's this magnificent unfolding of a right kind of prayer life that hears God. It tells us three points that I can put into my life, into my prayer life, that will help me to hear God. So if you're, if you're going to, then you know where you're what your life's going to be. I mean, you have to get honest. If I'm just always going to have a prayer, if I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray. I just never get there, but I'm going to. Then you have to be honest. Your life will never be a success. If you come to a place where you are using your opportunities, you haven't come to the place of maturity where you're able to settle and make a standard in your life, but, but, you're, but you're using your opportunities, then you are a little more, more, more mature. And your life will vacillate. It'll constantly be good and bad, in and out, up and down. But if you've come to a place of maturity where you say, the biggest thing in my life today is me hearing from God, and you've settled that with yourself, and you've developed the type of discipline in your life that just is willing to disappoint people, willing to disappoint your flesh, willing to disappoint because you know that life depends on you hearing God. Amen. And when you come to that place, then you come to a place of maturity and discipleship. Habakkuk chapter 2. Wow. Notice what the prophet says. I will climb up to my watchtower and I will stand. Have we got that one? Bring that scripture. It's real important, these scriptures. If you would. It's there. Keep Keep searching. I'm going to wait a little bit. Anybody want to do a dance while we wait? Our sound, come on, guys. <laughs> Roll with it. <laughs> come on, find those scriptures. If those guys going to stay with my scriptures, you let me know if they don't. Because I want to know that. I love to knock them on the head. Amen. All right, there we go. All right, how about it? I will climb up to my watchtower, and I will stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says to me. Now, that's three major steps that we have to be willing to have in our prayer life. This is our closing right here. The three major things that I have to be willing to be strong enough and discipled enough and disciplined enough to do in my prayer life is this. I have to be willing. I will climb up. If I'm going to hear God, the prophet said, I must be willing to climb up. Now, climbing is a process. What that means is I've got to take my foot. I've got to take my feet off of some things that I've had my feet resting on. You can't climb without it. You can't climb. See, what it is, we, 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 find, we, we find what is comfortable for us. And we settle in there, man. Can't help it, honey. 
I don't have time. I can't do that. I, I don't care. I don't care, darling. I can't. I can't do that. I found a place that comfort. You know that McDonald's line takes 15 minutes to get through it. So how can I expect to be having a prayer life with it taking me so long to get through that line? We find that comfortable place. The, the Bible says the first way that we're going to hear from God, I've got to be willing to take my foot off of that. You've got to be willing to lift your foot from that which is comfortable. And then second step, you've got to be willing to grasp something you've never done before. You've got to be willing to leave the way it has been because the way it has been has now become your enemy to you becoming what God wants you to be. And so you've got to be willing to lift off your foot. I will climb. First thing I'll do to hear God. If you're going to try to sit in your same old boat, honey, stay on the same old level, same old direction, same old good morning time, then you're never going to have a prayer life. You need to quit fooling yourself and just get ready for a rugged life because it won't work. Because if you're going to hear from God, if you're going to be able to allow the Lord to speak into your life with the power to control the day, then you've got to be willing to lift your foot off of where that you have found restful at this time. And then you're going to grasp some things. What that means is the Lord is going to bring your prayer life alive. God's going to bring something. I know you've been taking your prayer life. And you've been praying about all those grandkids. Been praying about all those kids. Been praying about all the problems. Been praying about every situation. And I'm going to tell you what. God's come to a place. And honey, you can keep talking to me all you want to. But if I can get you to shut up for about five minutes, I can speak into your life. I can bring change to your life. I can turn some things around for you. Praise God. So the Lord is saying, grasp some things. See, some people, uh, some, some people say, my prayer life is dying. Well, you know, I can remember how a prayer life feels when it dies. Man, I feel like that. I feel like my prayer life was dying. I had to grasp something new. Well, that new became several different things in my life down through the years. There's two things that's been utmost dri- drivers in my life. One thing is this. I want to hear God more. Because I believe that God can change every situation that there is in earth. Every circumstance. So the major drive of my life is I must hear God more. The second greatest drive of my life has been I must learn to be a shepherd. I've, I, I, to be a better shepherd, to guard sheep, to take care of people, to love on people, whether it's my family or whether it's the sheepfold that I pastor here. But those two drives. But I've got to be willing to take my foot off the comfortable. I've got to be willing to grasp some things. Grasping for me has been a lot of different things. But I remember one night I grasped because I realized that my prayer life was lacking. And I realized, man, I needed, I needed to be able to pray in the Spirit. See, some of you, for your prayer life to come alive, you're going to have to go through that next little step in the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to grasp something new that you have. You're going to have to allow God to, to bring you into a, a new level of praying that you never, ever prayed before. Well, I don't feel comfortable. You better get your foot off that comfort, God. And you better get your grasp into something. You're going to climb. You're going to have to grasp some things. You're not going to get up a mountain without grabbing something. 
you're going to have to get a hold of something in your life. So I can remember how it was when, when the first time I began to sing in the Spirit. My prayer life, again, was lagging, and I needed the life of God. So, so man, I can remember where I was. I remember what I was doing. Now I began to sing in the Spirit. I make sure nobody heard me, and I'm sure that, I'm, that nobody could. But you know what God did? I did in my prayer life. Just I grasped something new for my prayer life. And then I can remember what it was when, when I began to dance before the Lord. Now, I'm not going to dance before you. Because you don't really matter. You understand? But when I'm praying, I had to bring new things into my prayer life. That what the Word of God had declared. And I tell you what, it'll keep your prayer life alive. It'll take that dead thing that you've been trying to hold on to and let it die. And it'll bring the life of God into it. And all of a sudden, in the midst where it used to be just quietness, you'll find God will be yelling. And God will be talking to you. And God will be whispering to you. And your life will begin to change. As God speaks a word that has the power to change your life. Well, Lord, we just thank you. Now, the third level is third thing in that one scripture. I got another scripture to talk to you about prayer next week. And that one scripture is the willingness to wait. I say, we don't have time to wait on God. We don't have time to wait. But the Bible says, those that wait upon the Lord, they what? They renew their strength. They mount up with wings as eagles. They run and don't grow weary. They walk and they don't faint. The, the reason you're as weak as you are that you've laid aside the waiting on God. The ability to just worship and praise God and the ability to grasp hold of these new ways of touching the Lord and then allowing God to bless you. So we learn to wait. Impatience is the biggest enemy that you have. You know that. Impatience don't let you wait on the power of God. So if you're going to overcome that impatience in your life, if you're not willing to wait on God, if you're not willing to wait in His presence, if you're not willing to wait, wow, you know what? Just when I said that, I was just standing here and I began to hear the Lord. I'm just saying that. Lord, I'm waiting on you. Lord, I'm waiting on you to speak to us, Lord. I wait on you, Lord. I wait on you. I wait on you, Lord. I wait on you, Lord. Lord, I'm willing to climb to your presence, Lord. I'm willing to get my foot off of what I've had my foot on. And Lord, I'm willing to grasp the wonderful new encounters with you, Lord. And that I'm willing to wait on you. People that don't learn to wait in the presence of God stay sick a lot. They stay sick, sick inwardly and stay sick outwardly. Because God, the Bible says that healing is in the presence of the Lord. I'm talking healing your broken heart. Healing a broken life. I mean, you, we, you've got a choice. You can cripple all your life with being broken. Or you can learn to wait in the presence of God. And let the healing surgeon of the Lord begin to mend 
your brokenness again. Some of you think you're ready to move on in life. Lord, Lord, what I heard in my heart is that, that you're not ready. You're still too broken. But if you will begin to spend time in his presence, waiting on him, that he will begin to mend that which is broken. And then you will be ready to move on in life. How many sense a broken heart that needs to be healed in you? How many sense that? Would you stand with me just a quick moment? I want to ask the Lord for, for ministry to you. have a word to these broken hearts I'd ask Stephen and Brother Donald and Sister Thelma to pray especially this morning and if you have a word to the broken hearts to the broken hearts that's standing here it's so good when, when we can begin to just hear from the Lord and, and then the word comes that gives us the control of the day Lord by your Holy Spirit I ask you right now to start a healing work in each of these hearts, Lord. <laughs> that will not stop, Lord, until all the brokenness is healed, Lord. Till all the broken places are put back together again, Lord. Lord, you're the healer of broken hearts and, and in your presence is the healing of the Lord. So, Lord, in healing right now, God. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name. As I just... The Lord says, I have seen your brokenness, my child. I've seen your brokenness. I've watched the hurt. I've seen the tears. I've seen the desire in your heart to overcome. And you say, Lord, will it always be like this? Lord said, I heard your cry to me and say, Lord, will I always be like this? And God says to you, he loves you too much to leave you broken. So the Lord says, I offer myself to you time and time again. (laughs) So each time that you can sense my presence, begin to draw me in. The Lord says, draw him in to that deepest wound and that deepest hurt. And watch God mend all that the devil had tried to destroy. Jesus' name. Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be, you can be seated quickly. Just thank you so much. Well, now you need to keep that work going. You've started to work with the Lord. God heard your cry. It's not me, of course, not anybody here. It's just you and the Lord. And the Lord heard your cry. And God started to work. 
every day you wake up or every day you get up, you say, Lord, thank you for healing another layer again. Every time that you remind the Lord of that healing that's taking place in you, it releases your faith to allow more of that healing to come in. And you may still feel a little broken now. It won't be long, honey, to where you're going to be whole and healed and well and able to do life right for the glory of God. Can you say amen? So listen real quickly in our closing. Anyone here need to make things right with God? Say, Jerry, there's things in my life I need to repent of. Just stand up right where you are. If there's if there's anyone here that needs to make things right with God. Because we don't, I mean, we confess, the Bible says confess our faults one to another. And we become healed. Man, I just praise God. Anyone, anyone else wants to stand? Anyone else that needs to stand? Just stand up right where you are. And that's the way we just simply confess. The wonderful thing about it, everybody knows we don't have it together anyway. And what we can do, we just do it the Bible way and just get more healed all the time. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. And we ask for your cleansing. Lord, by faith I confess my sins to you. And I do it, Lord, I'm not ashamed to do it. I'm ashamed of the sin, but I'm not ashamed to confess it. So, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Man, isn't Jesus good? Hey, Stephen, can you send us on our path victorious this morning? Let's all stand together and let's walk out singing and giving the Lord the praise and, and just determine. Hey, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. And the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. And the Lord give to you such a great peace in Jesus' name. Let's I'm gonna sing my way out of the valley And I'm gonna shout my way up to the mountain And I will take hold of the truth